Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey, Josh, how are you? Great. How are you today, Wendy? I am doing very well, especially now that I know we have a very special guest. He was promised to be on all the time, and it's just not happening, and I miss him. <laughs> oh, he thank wants you. To thank keep- you. He wants to keep the equipment, Wendy, so it's very important that we get him on every once in a while. Of course, we're talking about Josh's father. Thank you for coming back and gracing us with your presence, Bill. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Yep. We thought it would be a great time with Father's Day coming up to kind of talk about some of the lessons we've learned from our fathers. And, you know, recently I had a conference out in Las Vegas and my dad and mom were nice enough to come help out with the boys, and uh, they they got the special treat of going to uh, the first two t-ball games of the season, of the spring season. And, you know, I, I think I have fond memories of playing catch dad, and that was sort of something that, that, you know, a lot of fathers and sons do, you know, throw the baseball and just chat. And it's cool to see my boys starting in that now. And Eli, my oldest son, asked me, hey, Dad, how did you learn how to play baseball? And I said, well, Grandpa Bill taught me. And then I, you know, I played for many years. And, well, how did Grandpa Bill learn how to play baseball? (laughs) Well, I think his dad taught him and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's it. In families, we oftentimes have these things that we teach each other and we don't really think about that much. So today, that's what I wanted to talk about. Some of the lessons that we have in our family and you know, some of these lessons that we learn as a kid that are resilient throughout life. Okay. Do I need to take notes? You can if you want. I All mean, right. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got my pen. Let's tips hear on, them. Tips on raising kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as I, you know, I think a lot of the lessons we learn as kids always hold true, you know, through the rest of our life too. Maybe, maybe they become a bit more complicated, but. Um, yeah. Like, like you actually have to work in order to provide for yourself. I think that that's a big one. You know, uh, yep. you don't you get know, to just wait around for dad to hand you the check anymore. Oh, no. My dad, we had uh, six kids in my family. Wow. Uh, four boys, two girls. And the boys were programmed to work. I mean, that's what my dad came from the school that, you know, mom stayed at home and uh, uh, raised babies and did all the nurturing things. And the boys, uh, did the yard work, did the heavy chores, uh, uh, and worked. So, you know, I started an early age with a, a couple paper routes and early mornings trudging through the snow in Cleveland to deliver papers with paper bags over my shoulders. Uh, but I started early and, and it runs true to this day. I was mentioning it to Josh earlier, you know, I, uh, recently, as everyone knows, uh, kind of stepped away from the financial service practice. Josh took over and, uh, 
after years of learning, by the way, starting licking the envelopes at young right. teenage years. Oh, yeah, I remember and, and talking grew, about that. Yeah, and grew from there. It's a new chapter, and I'm working at a state park, keeping the park nice, and uh, it's a nice chapter to start. And I was mentioning to Wendy just a few minutes ago that, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got to keep active like that. I think everybody does. And, you know, we learn things from our parents that we never knew we learned. I can remember changing oil in a lawnmower when I was a kid and my dad telling me the basics and then me going ahead and doing it. And and now I've got this, this big equipment at the state park. I've got to keep running and change oil and fan belts and all that stuff. And thank God for YouTube. But the point is, is I'm, <laughs> I, I have a degree of confidence doing it. And the reason why I have that degree of confidence is I've been doing things my whole life and I learned how to do them early and and carried that through. And if if you think about it, you know, as a parent, uh, we learn all kinds of things from our parents and it makes life much easier. You know, it's it's much less stress, you know. Do you so, agree with yeah. that, Josh? Did did, did his teaching yeah, make I, it I, easier for you or more difficult? No, I think I, I learned I learned how to figure things out at a pretty young age. So, you know, either in working with my dad on projects. Uh, when they first bought the house on Kelly's Island, I learned how to lay floors and, and did some of that work with him. And, you know, even their house in Pittsburgh that we moved into whenever I was 10, we were pretty young, but we'd assist dad a little bit in things like that. You know, I think one of the things that was fun at that house was driving the lawn tractor. So cutting the grass was kind of fun. Until then, the brakes went. Yeah, yeah. Until the brakes went. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, it's not flat. So, you know, you, you need brakes. Without brakes, that's a whole different piece to learn. But, you know, in, in preparing for the show, my dad and I were talking, and it made me think of a, a story in high school where I was at a friend's house for a Super Bowl party. You know, Steelers, pretty good team. You know, they go yeah, to the Super Bowl they're all right. pretty frequently. Anyways, so Super Bowl <laughs> party, and uh, we were in the basement of a friend's house, and the toilet wasn't working down there. And, well... I needed to use the bathroom. So I was confident enough to walk in, take off the back of the toilet. And, you know, I'm no advanced plumber, but I could see that the chain was disconnected from the handle. Right. That's an easy fix. I So you need to just put that back and. I, yeah. And it works, you know, go figure. It's that Hero. simple. And I remember my friend being so amazed. Like, oh, it's well, I think most people, if you just took off the lid and kind of looked at what was going on, you would be able to figure it out, right? I don't think I had any advanced skill, but it was more the confidence or the empowerment to be able to try. Well, and and that's exactly right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because there are some people who don't think, I know, I don't have, I can figure this out. They just go, I don't know how to do that. And they don't even try. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's, you know, it's, it's the, the point of the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? And a lot of logic works the same way. There's, uh, I was always taught that there's two correct answers. Yes or no. Yes, I'm going to do it or no, I'm not. Right. And you, and, and you justify why you are or why you aren't. But the wrong answer is I want to think about it or I, I don't know. Not that you shouldn't allow time to think about what you're going to do, but you should be decisive and, and move ahead because just like the rest of life without making decisions, you never move ahead. You know, it's one decision after another and they build and not all of them are correct. And that's life. Uh, and, and you are, you know, justify what went wrong with the bad decisions and correct your behavior and move on. 
Right? I suddenly it's... feel very inadequate. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> well, you know, I think in life we all have have constraints, right? You know, if if you have more time and less money, well, you need to figure things out on your own then. True. If you got more money and no time, well, then maybe you find someone else to help you out. You know, and I think in 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 your case, Dad, with six kids, your dad was working, and and you know, oh, he was, he was, and I'm you know, sure when he was that... home, a lot of times it was. Uh... Billy did this this week or Billy did that. So, you know, of course I get my process of correcting my behavior, but uh, he was always busy where Cindy and I, when it came time to move from the architectural industry that I was in into financial services, part of that decision was Cindy pointing out that I didn't have a family, kids to raise my kids alone. So I don't want you traveling. So I, I chose a career where I, I could be flexible. You know, I could, I could be home at night. I can bring the kids to baseball games or coach T-ball or, or any of those kind of things and join Boy Scouts, all those fun things. But uh, I chose that career path so I could be a, a parent to be at home. You know, I think that's important as a father to uh, invest in your kids because, you know, you're investing in your family's future. Yeah. Right? And I think, I, I think that for, for me in starting a family, it's important. I want to be there for the games. It's not that... Dad goes to work anymore and just comes home occasionally, or we very much have built the structure in our family that, hey, we want to be there for our kids as much as possible. We're a du dual career household. So, of course, there's conflicts there and, you know, you're busy, but showing our kids that we're present for them is something that's very important to us. And I think that's one of the values that's kind of been passed down there as well that you know hey family's important and part of that is is being present being there for your kids as well not only financially helping to support them but being there through those experiences as well have you taught your sons anything that's going to wow his friends in the future josh Oof, i don't know i to be honest he's so smart now i don't know he might be teaching me more um, <laughs> you better get on it <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, it's funny, like in T-ball, T-ball has been a big focus this, you know, spring now transitioning into summer. Uh, we've spent a lot of time practicing and he's very into it. So just, uh, last weekend we were all together as a family and he'll sit there. You could pitch the ball to him all day long and he'll keep swinging at it, trying to get better and better. And his T-ball game this week, he has two at bats every game and he hit the ball both times. And, you know, it's, it's this right now showing that hey for the games those two times you're gonna hit we need to take so many practice swings or we need to to reinforce that practice that it's not just game time to showcase these skills you need the practice to do it so i think you know right now he's six so we're at the stage of not everything comes instantly right we need to practice things and do repetitions in order to have success in anything absolutely yeah. You know, you think of famous baseball players, and I always think of Cal Ripken. That guy practiced and practiced and practiced, and that's why he was so good. You know, and it's just it's a it's a matter of the like you say, Josh, the repetition. But it's funny that the with T ball this year, Josh's younger son, he's four, and they're both on the same team. Now, the six year old will position himself as pitcher, first base, or shortstop, and the reason being, he wants to be in the action. He wants to catch the ball. He wants to throw it to first to get the out. Where the four-year-old, being four, he's more interested in digging a dirt pile on the infield. 
you know, he's, and, and it's, and it's interesting watching little men grow up. You know, uh, I could think back and coaching T-ball, I'd have kids out picking dandelions in the outfield and the ball would roll right past them, you know, and it's so <laughs> cute, but uh, it, it's, it's great watching them grow and watching them learn. And especially when they get interested in something, because then it's like a laser focus. You know, did you ever watch a kid in front of TV when his favorite cartoons on and you're asking him to do something? They pay no attention to you. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they, they, they really, uh, they really get focused, but you know, there again, T-ball, you know, Josh goes, Yana goes, Cindy and I will go when we're in town up there in St. Joseph. It's just, it's a great family time. I think it's, it's real important for the boys. It was important for me as a dad and as a grandparent, I enjoy, I enjoy it even more because I don't have the responsibility of coaching the team or anything. You know, I, I can sit back and not that I'm, uh, one that screams and yells by on the sideline, but I can observe what he needs help with and then go ahead and work with him. Yeah. And that's good. Now, does your older son take your younger son a little under his wing and try and help him along or is he on his own? He's kind of on his own. They will play a little bit, but Isaac, my younger son, gets a little bit more like, Hey, I'm going to try to wrestle with my brother in the middle of the infield kind of style. So <laughs> he's, he's just a little bit younger. So, yeah. and, and in the team it's four to six. So they're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum of the age group of the team. And there's the, it's a pretty common thread that the younger ones are a little less focused, a little less into it as they're getting older. You can see they're, they're picking up on the rhythm of the game a little bit more, but you know, for Isaac, my younger son, maybe, T-ball, baseball, softball, whatever iteration of baseball we're talking about. Maybe that's not a sport for him. And, you know, as parents, that's something that we want to make sure we're giving him an opportunity to try different things as well. I know for me as a kid, I, I was really into baseball and soccer. And it came to a point where, hey, it's getting more competitive. You're going to be playing on several teams and traveling. You got to kind of pick one and... uh you know, at the time, I think soccer was a little bit more fun for me, and I stuck with that. But my body couldn't take the wear and tear of it over time, which led it to be not much fun. And I remember my dad saying, hey, you know what? Like, if you can't play because you're hurt and you're not having fun with it anymore, then you don't have to do it. You know, it's it's something that's that's up to you. And I think one of the things or one of the lessons that that I try to carry on to my boys is I want you to push yourself and be encouraged but at the same time, don't make yourself miserable, right? You want to get good at things that you're passionate about, not just do things and be miserable the whole time doing them. That's right. You have so, to enjoy it. Yeah. If Eli's enjoying baseball, great. I'll be here to help support you to get better at that. If you decide, heck, I'd rather play tennis, then great. We'll, we'll spend some time on tennis. Or, Wendy, it might be pickleball at some I point. I was going to say, let's not forget pickleball. I mean, no, I think it, it evolves into pickleball. Yeah. Pe yeah. People my age play pickleball. Hey, hey, that's not just your age. And younger. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, I think that's it. I think in, in, in being supportive and being there, that's that's important. And I think that's part of the family values that we've kind of carried down is trying to be supportive, helping people explore different avenues as well. You know, I think that's that's been really important. I know in talking about doing this recording, my dad and I talked about our relationships with our significant others. And, you know, my dad was talking about some of the examples or or guidance that his dad gave him as a young man. So dad, I'll let you jump in on that. And oh, well, I, I remember going on dates with my dad, he'd drive us, you know, and then, uh, 
he drives you on your after. date with a woman? Well, I think they were back, girls at that point. When. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> we're, we're talking early high school, you know. Okay, uh, that sounds. But, a little, uh, um, but, you know, you know, he gave me those life lessons, and and when I told Josh, and I always thought it was funny. Uh, my dad would teach me uh, uh, not to do anything to a, a young lady that I wouldn't do consider doing to my mother, and treat them like a little lady, and be courteous and nice. You know, unlike I treat my sisters. That's a different story, yes. Uh, oh, I know. And isn't that funny how we treat each other and families versus the public? But in any event, you know, my sisters, we're always close. I mean, uh, I'm very fortunate as far as family goes and being close to them. But uh, I can remember doing very, very bad things to my sisters. Having an iced tea drinking contest and spiking hers with Tabasco sauce before, you know. and oh. Just different little deviant things boys get into. Boys. And, and then and then my sister running, telling my parents and me getting in trouble for it. You know, it's oh, just good. A, you should have been in trouble. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Got to keep little Bill in line. Here. Yeah. But I mentioned to Josh, the success, Cindy and I've been married. This is we're working on our 42nd year. But I think that the success in my relationship with my spouse is a direct consequence of my parents and observing them growing up and how they work together. And it's not always fun i mean uh you know we've got to make compromises and disagreements and stuff but getting over it moving on with the general purpose of uh, uh raising the family and uh, uh that's something i i value my dad greatly for you know it's 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 a quality he gave me that saved me a lot of aggravation in life you know being a good dad and good husband bill i was wondering you had mentioned earlier that they have to be happy and you come from a kind of a generation where it was a little bit different back in the day where, you know, oh, well, I played baseball. You're going to play baseball. I work as a financial, uh, you know, advisor. You're going to be a financial advisor. So did you have any of that pressure on you as a child? No, I had to learn how to be self-sustaining. I'll put it that way. You know, my dad, uh, uh, you know, was pretty strict about that. And that's because I think he had, he had to go through the same thing. And I, it's funny, I work with a coworker now and I, I tell him, you know, I started out with a paper route. That, that was my wage. <laughs> and I built from there over the years. But it's, it's a matter of just doing what you're passionate about. I think that uh, my kids, I did not direct them in one way or another, other than when they were going to school. I simply wanted them to pick out some kind of a career that you can earn a living at. And it wasn't always perfect. My oldest son uh, decided to get a history degree with his first degree uh, and then learned you can't really earn a living with a history degree without, you know, getting a doctorate and being a professor. So he went back and became a, a computer programmer. Josh pretty much knew that he wanted some kind of business or financial thing right off the bat. But there again, I didn't encourage him to come into my practice, I let him make his own decisions, you know, and I think that was the right thing to do because he feels confident in his decision and he's comfortable with it now and he does a great job, but I was never forced. I will say I was pressured, you know, I had to stick with some jobs I didn't really like, but there again, I had financial responsibilities that I had to take care of. So I yeah. had to tough it out when you're younger, everything doesn't come to you at once. You know, I think a lot of people today, they think it comes uh, everything at once, but it doesn't. You got to build and that's life. So, Josh, be honest. Um, Did you really want to get into this business or you were you just sucking up for a bigger inheritance? 
um i don't think yeah i i don't know that i was ultra focused on working with dad per se at any point i think i had interest in finance i also have a degree in political science but i think by the time i finished that it was clear that i didn't want to be a politician great decision there overall yes although you know who knows maybe maybe local sort of office and retirement would be something that i would look at but our our main elections that's a disaster that i wouldn't want I, I wouldn't want the invasion of privacy that goes along with that. I think no. that's not really fair to, to to most folks that run for office. Anyways, but I, I didn't really feel that pressure to work with that. I think it kind of fell into that. And I think as we worked together, too, I became very passionate about building the business and learning more about the business. And uh, that intrigued me more. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else at this point. You know, I think it was sort of a natural progression. But no, I, I was never forced, and I, I think I think it it provided me a really nice opportunity in the business to know that you have someone that is aligned with you and wants to see you grow as well. Sometimes, if you get thrown into a big corporation, there's so many competing interests there that it's not quite as supportive of a culture. But I think that's something that's benefited both of us. You know, I was able to be aligned with him, learn and help do things to grow the business in different ways as well, while he kind of led the ship. And, you know, in the early days of the business, he, you know, had to keep a bunch of paper in the trunk of his car and drive around everywhere to see potential new clients and work long hours. I can remember as a kid, my mom saying, Bill, do you want me to pack you some leftovers for lunch? And him saying, well, the microwave in my car is broken, Cindy. You know, like, <laughs> I'm going to be in the car all day. I can't have leftover whatever dinner was, right? And 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 sort of his sacrifices there and seeing that enable me to be grateful for that, but also take things to the next level, too. And now we have a lot more conveniences, right? We're not you know, for the most part, driving to go see clients all day. Or we now have microwaves in the car. That's right. You could. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, on on these nice summer days, you could just cook it on the hood. Too. That's true. That's yes, true. Right. So did you learn your father's way of doing things, Josh, or did you forge your own path? I think I learned from my father's way of doing things. I think very much uh, we have a little bit of a different style. And I think, you know, that's good. I was able to take lessons from him. And I think that over the years that we did work together, we we learned a lot from each other and were able to complement each other in ways. So I think I think it was fantastic. Of course, I learned a lot directly from him, but I think I very much have our my own style. And at one point we were working with a uh, a business coach probably seven years ago now. And uh, the wife of the business coach came out and said, Josh, you got to stop dressing like your dad. At the time, we had, I think, the same exact glasses and the same monogrammed, you know, white Oxford type shirts on. And she's like, do something different. You know, you don't have to be your dad. You can be your own person. And I think that that is something that has sort of naturally occurred. Very nice. So before we finish up, what is some of the what is it that you want to get in? And, and when it talks about learning and passing things down from father to father. Well, what I want all my kids to to learn is uh, be nice to your fellow humans. <laughs> you know, uh, I think in the, the kind of business uh, Josh is in, the financial service business, there's nothing more gratifying than knowing you made a difference in a different in another family's life. 
and knowing them over the years and watching them grow and watching their kids grow and, uh, and uh, the, the client being an advocate for you because you've done the right thing all the time. I think that's very, very important. And uh, even in my work today and at a state park, working with coworkers, with the younger people, I, I, they, they call me the golden boy because, uh, you know, I, I seem to react to things in an appropriate way where they just aren't used to, or not, uh, they don't know how to handle situations, you know, whether it be not as seasoned. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a way to accomplish a goal that can be very easy and there's a way that you can make it very hard (laughs) on yourself. And it's, it's always better to learn the easier, uh, more efficient way to do things. So, yeah. But Josh being in the business has been wonderful because the kids today or the younger people today are so much more attuned to the technology and everything else. And, and there again, uh, getting back to my point earlier, there's the closest distance between two points is a straight line to be able to, to accomplish the goal more efficiently, uh, with the technology available. So I, that's one thing I've learned from Josh. I wouldn't be here talking on a zoom call if it wasn't for him. You know, I'd be on the phone because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what I learned. But I think one of the last things that we had talked about is is the idea that's been carried down in our family that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. So Bill had kind of started out talking about hard work on having paper routes as a kid. And I always think of one Christmas, I got a skateboard. I was probably 10 or 11 at the time. And that was the cool thing that I wanted to do. And that was my gift. And if you get good at skateboarding, it means that you're breaking the skateboard, right? So by spring, I had broke said skateboard and said, Dad, my skateboard's broken. I want a new one. And he said, well, you got a computer and a printer. So make some flyers, go put them in all the neighbor's mailboxes around the neighborhood. And once you get enough jobs cutting grass, you'll be able to buy yourself a new skateboard. And I think it's that, you know, just like his paper route, it was, if you want something, go figure out a way to get it, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. But you can trim the tree and get paid a couple bucks for doing it. So see, see, times have changed. When I was a kid, I wanted a Schwinn Super Sport 10-speed bike. Mm. That was my goal. And I got it. Yeah. But, but I, I think, delivered uh, a lot of papers to get it. Yep. And I think, you know, having that balance of you want something and knowing some sort of sacrifice to getting there is is something really important that that many times gets lost. So a good lesson for sure. Yep. Yep. Okay, Josh. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So easiest way to learn more about us is going to our website, leonardadvisorygroup.com. They're welcome to give our office a call at 412-998-7526 or simply shoot me an email at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Yeah. There's a lot of information on the website. A lot of these podcasts Josh has banked. So certainly you can learn more directly about the business and how we go about things through those uh, uh, Zoom or those uh, podcasts. Podcast, yeah. Yeah. And you can really get to know us prior to contacting us, if you wish. I know I always like to check things out before I you know, jump in the deep water. I like to know what's in the water. Absolutely. So, yeah. So especially, so you know, you- I, uh, yeah, go ahead. So thank you, Bill. We appreciate you stopping by as always. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Josh. Thank you all for joining us today on the Relax It's Retirement podcast. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time.
I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.